having been there a few times as a delegate, the lobby. Hang on a second. Well, you've kept this completely buried forever. Well, only ever as an underage delegate. So, well, what does an underage delegate mean? Someone that's not 60. <laughs> yeah, exactly. OTB AM. Live. Weekday mornings from 7.30 on the OTB Sports app. Now, good evening. You're welcome to Off the Ball. Arthur D stepping in this evening in the big chair. Keeping the Sligo contingent alive and well. Right beside me is Carl Milani. Carl, how are you? Hey, Arthur. How are you doing? Not so bad. Not so bad. We have a good show coming up for you tonight. Great show. Great show. John Giles here at 7.30. And through 8 through 9 o'clock, Owen Sheehan will be joined by a litany of Team OTB members to look through the year in sport that was and the year in sport that might well be ahead. Before all that, joining us also, keeping things a little more exotic, Longford's Gavin Cooney. Hello all. I'm sorry, I'm sorry to interrupt and intrude on this great festival of Sligoness <laughs> that, uh, that uh, we heard in the airwaves last night and indeed tonight. Yeah, well, I mean, we have to mix it up just for fairness. How are you keeping, Gavin? Have you enjoying the holidays? I'm, I'm very, I'm not too bad yet. Holidays are uh, not quite as dramatic or exciting or, or let's be honest, enjoyable as uh, we hope that they might. But no, I'm not too bad. I'm on to day number five of, of staring at this Sunday Independence uh, end of year sports crossword in agony. It's just like <laughs> these yeah. cryptic clues I'm not good at. Like, I mean, I sail through the Irish Times. So the Irish Times Sunday Independent do them every year. I sail through the Irish Times one. Like I had it done in about an hour and a half. My <laughs> first time I've ever completed it. And then obviously it was, was filled with... Um, Filled with triumph and filled with um, filled with satisfaction, and then along came the Sunday Independent offering, and it's uh, it's breaking my heart here. <laughs> I have to say, I never I never understood crosswords. I just can't get them. I just never bought into it, especially this time of year. I know people get into them this time of year, and they it's part of the Christmas nearly. But no, not for me. I'm afraid the cryptic one is tough, and that I've not probably sat down to that independent one. But you have been talking about it now for quite a while, Gavin. <laughs> I'm really struggling with it. Sorry, I'm not going to bore listeners anymore because I've bored everyone else in my house about it, and I have bored you about it as well. Um, but yeah, struggling. Well, look, since we have you here, Aaron Connolly going off on loan to Middlesbrough by the looks of it. Is this a good thing, mm. a bad thing? Don't know what to make of it. I think it's a necessary thing, really, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, he, uh, his, like, Stephen Kenny has even said that his career has stalled a little bit. So, like, he's only played twice. I think he's only played twice in the Premier League this season. He started a recent game that I watched because he was playing. I, it's so forgettable. I can't remember the opponents, but I do remember that he was hooked in an hour and just really didn't do anything like when he first burst in the scene a couple of years ago he was so lively and so pacey he seems to lost that a little bit he seems just a little bit slower or more diffident or something um, and so he's now got to move to Middlesbrough so I mean he's uprooting he's dropping down a division and he's moving a few hundred miles north um, so maybe that uh, is the focus that he needs Stephen Kenny was interesting talking about um talking about Connolly a couple of months ago after he left him out of the squad in November said that he would benefit from a move a loan move that it would give him the focus that um, discipline of playing Tuesday, Saturday Tuesday, Saturday and with all the back backlog of games from Covid it could be Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday you could hmm. end up playing it toward the end of the season so um, you'd have to say hopefully it works out and I think it's actually necessary for him that it does work out there's a line in the Athletic that said that Brighton had were just becoming tired by his, by his attitude so um, he's like it's, it's sink or swim stuff now you go to Middlesbrough they're they're going well but like Chris Wilder is one of the more implacable managers shall we call them in the in English football but he's a very good one he yeah. won't take any you know um yeah. uh, word I can't say on the radio so yeah no it, it's gonna be very interesting and it has to go well for him like well that's it and looking here so he's 22 I think next month and it's kind of as you're saying from when he burst onto the scene like I don't remember 
I think Carl, you remember, like, he really seemed like it was kind of stitched in that this is kind of this is it now. Yeah, he's already arrived. Yeah, he burst onto this. It was a two goals against Spurs uh, when he burst onto the scene. Yeah. But uh, as Gavin says, just a couple of appearances this season, the Premier League six in total. I think um, you just wonder is this the is this the move that that could ignite things again? Because albeit it is a drop down, obviously to the Championship, but Middlesbrough are going pretty well. They're, they're challenging for promotion. They've got a, a decent manager as well, and you just wonder with that hectic schedule, lots of game time under the belt, and if Middlesbrough can somehow achieve promotion from the position that they're in now in fifth in the championship you know it could ignite his career again and that from an Ireland point of view heading into the Nations League uh, next summer it could all snowball very nicely over the next six months provided that this deal goes through which it looks like it will it hasn't been confirmed officially yet but it's uh, believed he was in the final stages of, of finalising it today um, but you just wonder I mean I think he, he has to go for something uh, as Stephen Kenny says and Gavin referred to that that he would be keen to see him get more game time and he's still very very young I mean there's there's loads of time here to, to get his career trending in the right direction again for both club and country so let's hope it goes through and let's hope it goes well yeah well fingers crossed um, that's a place to start do remember the news round is brought to you by Gillette put your best face forward with their new and improved razors and myself Carl and Gavin would only love to hear what you have to say so 53106 get your texts in Carl what else is happening in the world of sport today yeah, well, well, we mentioned Aaron Connolly on the uh, Republic of Ireland front. Some news as well from uh, Seamus Coleman today. He says he's happy to take criticism if it means younger mev- members of Everton's squad don't have to. He's been speaking in an interview for Everton's match day programme ahead of their game with Brighton this weekend. And Coleman referred to the criticism the team has received given their indifferent Premier League for- former present, which leaves them in the bottom half of the table. Some of the quotes uh, from the article, I'm captain of the club in a familiar face, so I'd rather it be me than someone coming through or a player who has just signed for the club. I can take it on the chin and understand you have to accept the good and the bad together you can't just read about the good times you have to take the stick when it comes I know what I'm doing to try and have a positive impact on the team every day and I might not be the playing presence I was at 23 or 24 but as captain and in every training se- training every day I am giving my all approaching it as if I was a 22 year old so that's uh, Seamus Coleman shielding some of uh, Everton's younger players very interesting comments and I think uh, a mark of the player and a mark of the man too yeah, I don't know what you think, Gavin. Seamus Coleman seems to have been just have to have to be in a position where he's firefighting now for years. It won't go out. The, this is the interview that Coleman has had to give, either <laughs> in a blue jersey or a green jersey, every couple of months. He's at the point now where he reminds me of the night from Monty Python's Holy Grail, like tis but a scratch <laughs> at this point of Seamus Coleman. What I, what I found interesting about that is the fact that he said, uh, "I may not be the player I was at twenty three, twenty four surprised to hear him say that I don't know how often I don't know how often he has publicly said that and you could say that he's struggling at right back because this like this really bizarre thing about Everton is they sign a right back to replace him every six months and then anytime you watch him play he's playing they've got no reserve (laughs) right back on the bench so he's he's thrown into action every three days and obviously he's struggling in a what is a really bad team at the moment but I think he's doing. He, he may not be the you know propulsive force of the right wing that he was, but he's still a very good player. You know, he's still been. He's had his. He's had his struggles this season for Everton, but he's been. You know, he's been accommodated to the right of that back three for Ireland and has been excellent. And Ireland have Ireland are a much better team for him having been in that position than had he not been in that position. So interesting, interesting there to see um, to hear him admit that uh, you know the ticking of the clock is coming for him. It is. It's one of those very. Um I don't know, I often look back and obviously his career has been fantastic, right? And he has 
all X number of Premier League appearances, X number of Irish appearances, captain of his country, all this, all this. I wish there was just, and maybe it was Euro 2016, but maybe something a little loftier, just a high point, something that he has to hold on to at the end of it all, something tangible to go, this is not not what I worked for, but you want something for these kind of players. Yeah, to point to. Uh, just to go yeah. like, there it is, there's my body of work. Yeah, that's true. Well, I guess... Generally speaking, the career that he's had in the Premier League isn't to be sniffed at. No, uh, you know, I know there isn't any silverware of note there, perhaps, that uh, might have been there. Of course, he was mentioned for Manchester United, wasn't he, around yeah, 2013 yeah, yeah. and 2014. It didn't happen at the time, but he's forged a, a very, very good career. And I think there's still a lot left in him, uh, certainly for, for club and country uh, going forward. And I suppose you, you tally his comments uh, there with Romelu Lukaku's this evening. This has <laughs> yeah. come out in the last hour or so, uh, speaking to uh, Sky Sports. He's basically thrown uh, Thomas Tuchel under the bus uh, to quote from Romelu Lukaku physically I'm fine but I'm not happy with the situation at Chelsea Tuchel has chosen to play another system I won't give up I'll be professional but I'm not happy with the situation but I am professional and I can't give up now um and he's also expressed a desire to return to Inter Milan not at the end of his career but when he's at the top level <laughs> to win more together so slightly bizarre uh, and why did he leave if he uh, wants yeah. to go back why did he leave in the first place let's just say it moved me <laughs> it just, this is very strange it's hard to blame I don't know it's hard to blame Thomas Tuchel for falling out with Romelu Lukaku here because he's been injured for half of the season here you know and it was his decision to leave the fact that he's sounding out sounding off already what are we just we're approaching the end there. we're not what are we the midpoint of his first season back is 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 obviously a concern but Tuchel like you know like he's so, he's this great tactical brain he's a, clearly a brilliant coach he just seemed to fall out with people a lot mm. although I don't know maybe you know maybe correlation is not causation here maybe this is more as I would suspect on Lukaku's part yeah but this the timing of this at this time of year I mean what do you do if you're Thomas Tuchel now I mean do you cut your losses in January or I mean there's a long way to go in the season Chelsea are going to hope that they're in the title race right up until the end you would think Lukaku would have to play a pretty key role if they are to be in the mm-hmm. title race right up to the end so I mean it's it's the timing of it really at this time and at such a crucial point of the season um, is, is very bizarre and I don't want to read too much into it either um, and who knows I was thinking was it in 2010 after the World Cup with England when Terry started referring to Fabio Capello as Capello mm. I don't like that with Lukaku Tuchel was choosing to play <laughs> it's a little bit it's just that kind of if that is like it's not you wonder kind of what well because everything like they won the Champions League like months ago mm. and it is just mm. kind of it's very um, it's very dispiriting this is I, I, I quite like Romelu Lukaku or kind of like what he seems to sometimes be about and how he plays and everything else but this now is a I don't want to say it's a trend you don't want to put the blame on him because who knows what's happening but if he bombs out of here after leaving Inter to come here after bombing out of Man United mm. it's just it seems a bit of a waste mm. Mm. Yeah, I feel that I feel that this story gets resolved by someone saying, "Oh, the quotes were mistranslated or lost in translation." Because he's given it to, to the Italian press, and you know everything. Everything goes on goes friendlessly along until the summer when either Lukaku or Tuchel will be out. Well, look, Carl, do you have any good news? Well, there's action tonight on the football field. So okay. about that, uh, Manchester United are playing host to struggling Burnley in the Premier League. United themselves have struggled against sides battling relegation. They played out a course of one all draw with Newcastle earlier this week, and they laboured to a one 0 win over Norwich earlier this month. Interim boss Ralph Rannick has been speaking, and he says the fact that the club has been affected by COVID has hampered his ability to mould the squad since his arrival. Every coach, every ambitious coach, and uh, there's no difference between other coaches and myself in that in that in, in that area, wants to take 
faster steps and larger steps forward. But in order to do that, you need to be able to train. And as you know, we had to close Carrington for four days. Uh, before that, we had uh, eight or nine field players in training. So directly after the Norwich game, and they only came back in, 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 in small bits and pieces. So in the last three days, we were almost back to full strength with, with regard to the size of the squad. But we couldn't do that much in training. On the other hand, in those two, three training sessions, the team looked good. And therefore, it was really a bit of a, in, in today's game, a negative surprise, the way that we played uh, with regard to game speed, game tempo and, and, and uh, physicality. Well, look, if Romelu Lukaku isn't happy at Chelsea, he doesn't really seem anyone as happy at Man United. Um, how do you think this is going to go, Gavin? What's going to happen? Uh, I mean, it's not going to go well. No. <laughs> Poor old Ralph. United, like, I mean, have, having appointed a series of managers and, and steadfastly refused to appoint a director of football, have now gone full 180 and appointed a director of football who's not really a manager. Like, he's only been, he's managed two seasons in the last 10 years, twice at Leipzig when they had to tempt him down uh, from uh, from upstairs. So, uh, like, something, <laughs> I mean, sorry, Gary Neville, Gary Neville's uh, punditry that United are a bunch of whinge bags. Yeah. The finest, finest piece of punditry I've heard in some time. And it was <laughs> the, the, like the, di- this, it's so interesting and he hit on it, like dynamics between Harry Maguire and Ronaldo. Like Maguire now reminds me of like some Dickensian child whose uh, who's homely uh, and domestic bliss has been completely upset <laughs> by the arrival of some terribly evil stepfather. <laughs> so Ronaldo is like Mr. Murdstone and Maguire is David Copperfield in this tortured metaphor that I'm now going to drop. Uh, but there is even these like these reports. Did you read that piece in the Daily Mail a couple of days ago where talking about Maguire has been more subdued since Ronaldo <laughs> arrived and so on? And, but you could see like all that gesticulating on the pitch and everyone pointing out to each other and like annoyed at each other. Like that's that is like to make an obvious point. That is not a good thing. I remember I interviewed earlier on this year for the Forty Two, Daryl Connor, who's a, who's a really smart, interesting defender. He's now at Motherwell, but he came through at Leicester, and he played at the under twenty threes. And then he he got a he every now and again it was promoted to train with the first team. And I asked him like, what's the main difference uh, between the first team and the under twenty threes? Obviously, allowing for the different talent around you. And he said, when you give away the ball in an under twenty threes training session, someone will just like say something to you, go like ah, or like uh, express their annoyance. Whereas in the first team, if you give the ball away or you make a mistake, no one. The only reaction among people is to win the ball back. No, they they realize that mistakes happen. There's no point bowling people out for it, like performatively for mistakes that everyone can make. And it's also a waste of energy that could be expand better expanded winning the ball back. So that's like that's a like a healthy first team environment. And that's not Manchester United at all. And the other interesting thing about Rani's comments uh, after that game against Newcastle was he identified one of his problems as being pressing and he said it began from the front. So I the team news I would guess is dropping soon for that game against Burnley. I would be interested if Ronaldo's going to start, I have to say. Yeah, that's very interesting. It's a very interesting insight. It's um, it, it's in, like, and the, the Neville punditry as well was fantastic. Like, even the fact he's there turning on, well, as you're saying, this evil stepfather, uh, turning on Ronaldo, turning on Fernandez. I, it doesn't, and we have John Giles coming up in a few minutes, and um, 
I mean, he's against this whole notion of the interim manager altogether. This whole thing, he just thinks it just there's no. St- if you if you know what's coming down the line, he basically the suggestion that there has to be a sort of a permanence about the manager that the players can rely on to space themselves out. If a manager is going to be gone in a few months, effectively perhaps, then there's just everything kind of gets a bit thrown up in the air. So I kind of wonder. Mm. Like, is there any way back for this? Is there any, like, I know that's a bit fatalistic, but like with six months maybe at most of him in this role, allowing for whatever postponements, do you think it's going to work? Is anything, like, is there going to be a happy ending for that particular dynamic? A stranger things have happened than United winning the European Cup this year, in fairness. Like, I mean, it's not, be, I don't think it'll happen, I, but it's not beyond the realms of possibility. But based off what we've seen so far, both under Solskjaer and the early days under Rangnick, like, they were abysmal against Newcastle. They really weren't great against Norwich. And they're the two worst teams in the division. And you then you see how well Tottenham and Arsenal are, are performing at the minute. You'd have to say it's unlikely at this point that they'll get top four. Well, speaking of that, and I suppose it throws a question open to all of you. After last night, my man said he weren't fantastic, but they won. And they might go as far as 12 points ahead of Liverpool this weekend, temporarily anyway, for a little while. Um, I suppose, Carl, I'll put it to you. Is the title race run? I think it is. I think we mentioned it last night. I think it is. I, I mean, I think it is. I mean, OK, Liverpool and Chelsea this weekend, so one of those sides are probably going to drop points. And if Liverpool lose that match, you feel they're probably out of it at this stage um, Chelsea we've mentioned the Lukaku situation there and things don't look terribly rosy their form has been pretty patchy of late as well Manchester City just look too good um, they've been relentless in, in what they've done in recent weeks they've been scoring at will and really at this stage I mean the only thing that might trip them up is if their focus switches to Europe uh, come February but I, I don't see that happening and it's very very difficult at this stage to to back Liverpool or Chelsea with any great certainty that they're they're going to topple this good City side and very very hard to see any other result other than a resounding City win in the title race for me What about it Gavin is it done? Mm. It's very close to being done. There needs to be a winner between Chelsea and Liverpool at the weekend, I think. Yeah. And like, if Liverpool were to win, why are they six points behind? I guess, I suppose then they're losing Mane and Salah to the African Cup of Nations. Yeah. You see, normally you'd say Liverpool at their best, six points behind, that's striking distance, but they're they're not quite at their best anymore, are they? Like, they're like, obviously I've been, like everyone, been watching Get Back on Disney for hmm. Christmas. Like, this is, they're in like the third Beatles phase now. So you had the early days under Klopp, which was fun and innocent and exciting. So that was like, you know, I want to hold your hand when the Beatles are breaking America. And then when uh, when Liverpool are, you know, winning the Premier League and winning the European Cup through this like perfectly calibrated machine that's beautiful to watch slash listen to that's <laughs> stretching that's, that's Sergeant Pepper like and now they're in like you know Abbey Road let it be white album phase where they're clearly uh, capable of um, riffing and like uh, banging out a few great hits but there's just a little bit of uh, fat there it's not quite the well oiled machine that there is there's like an obla di obla da slash too old drawing home to Brighton throwing in there so they're they've kind of crested their greatness as a team I think so as a result I think it might be over and ju- sorry just very briefly I'd, I'd listened to la- last night's show and you're talking about well does this now allow Man City focus on the Champions League I couldn't think of anything worse for <laughs> City's Champions League <laughs> prospects than if Guardiola had six weeks to think about a knockout tie like Ederson could end up in midfield in that last 16 tie like, I mean that'd be a disaster they need someone breathing down their neck in the Premier League if they're uh, if they're going to go on and finally win the European Cup well look I'm interested in probing this further have you seen Get Back no. Well, no no you've not seen it Gavin you have who's your favourite of the four coming out of it 
Everyone's oh, a favorite. So before it, I did the usual thing, like the usual uh, hipster thing of saying, oh, George Harrison's definitely my favorite Beatle. <laughs> But it's not, it's McCartney. Like, McCartney's the best, like. he uh, He's possibly the best songwriter in there, I think. I d- he's a great singer, although I don't think he's the best singer. But he just, you know, he made sure things happened. Like, without him, the whole thing would have would have fallen apart. You know, he's the he's the slightly, slightly irritating guy that insists on things being done. And as a result, things got done. <laughs> it would have been anarchy adding up in there. So yeah, no, McCartney, definitely. Well, I quite like Ringo's uh, dogged determination and professionalism on the job every day at nine o'clock in that studio. He'd be there. Hung over, hung over <laughs> to death there, though. Can you not, you can see, you know, smell the booze off him through the screen, like. Well, look, we're running tight on time, Carl. Anything else going on that we need to know about? Well, just update you on the United team. Ronaldo does start tonight. Uh, Varane drops to the bench to start for Edinson Cavani uh, as well there for Manchester United. Uh, let's move on to some injury news. Leicester striker Jamie Vardy could be out for up to a month with a hamstring injury. He was substituted during their 1-0 Premier League win over Liverpool on Tuesday. Chelsea on the financial front have registered an after tax loss of 173 million euro up until the end of June this year the club's financial results they say have been affected by the absence of supporters at matches during the early stages of the pandemic the loss has come despite the Londoners triumph in the Champions League last May some domestic uh, football news today Wexford have announced the signing of experienced striker Dinny Corkham while Stiger Rovers have secured the services of goalkeeper Richard Brush for another season and unfortunately uh, more bad news on the Covid front possibly for the Premier League this weekend Norwich are said to be in talks with the officials over the possibility of postponing their match at Leicester on New Year's Day uh, that's a developing story today while Swansea in the Championship they look set to go almost a month uh, without playing a match they've announced more uh, considerable, considerable amount they say of Covid cases in their squad and that's forced the postponement of their game against Fulham on Monday they last played uh, against Nottingham Forest earlier on this month and they're not scheduled to play now again until their FA Cup tie against Southampton on uh, January 8th uh, Atletico Madrid have also been hit with a COVID-19 outbreak and Barcelona have recorded three further positive tests so uh, unfortunately no good news on the uh, virus front there uh, in terms of football and in rugby today Benetton's clash with Zebra in the United Rugby Championship that has been postponed it's the fourth fixture to be called off in the league this weekend including Ulster's meeting with Leinster and organisers say that they will consider alternative dates to reschedule all of the postponed matches but uh, that schedule is uh, filling up very very quickly um, elsewhere darts of course continuing at the Alexandra Palace Luke Humphreys is through to the quarter finals at the World Darts Championship cracking day of action it was too at the Alexandra Palace Humphreys beat Chris Doby in a deciding set to win 4-3 earlier on today Mervyn King also staged a comeback win he's into the quarter finals for the first time since 2009 he was a 4-3 winner over Raymond Smith today while Callan Ridd saw off the challenge of Alan Souter by four sets to one in the evening session the one game to watch out for tonight is the meeting of uh, former champions Gary Anderson goes up against Rob Cross later tonight James Wade currently leads uh, Martin Clearmaker by one set nil in their match and then later on tonight Peter Wright of course a former winner as well he goes up against Ryan Searle uh, later tonight after uh, 10 o'clock and uh, finally Arthur in some cricket news that has uh, emerged this evening two Irish players have tested positive uh, for COVID-19 ahead of their trip to Jamaica Paul Sterling and Shane Getkate have returned positive tests Ireland are due to take on the West Indies in a four-match series which starts on January 8th and of course earlier on this week their one-day internationals against the USA were cancelled due to COVID issues so hopefully everything's okay there and Ireland can play their matches against the West Indies. 
Well, in all else struggles, the darts thrives. <laughs> Carl, thanks a million. Thank you, Arthur. Gavin, thank you very, very much. Thanks, Arthur. John Giles coming up after this.